Hi, we're Harder Brunch. We're Harder Brunch. And we're super excited to tell you about our adult summer camp this August 25th, 26th, and 27th. Wow. We're going to be doing a full three-day festival, and we want you to be a part of it. Let's go. It's going to be amazing. We got all your favorite comedians. We got headliners Brent Terhune and Gwen Sunkel on board. Okay. We're going to have musical acts by Clint Breeze, House of Wolves, The Tubbles. Dang. And all weekend is going to be all-inclusive. Wait, all-inclusive? That's right. One ticket price, all weekend long, gets you into everything. We're going to be bringing back all of the favorite summer camp activities you remember as a kid. We're going to be doing swimming, archery, handicrafts, canoes. Wow. All weekend long, all-inclusive. That's not even financially smart. Well, that's what we're doing. Get your tickets today at eventbrite.com, and we'll see you there. I guess we'll see you there. Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Camp out! Slap it, pappy, wah, wah. On the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce, boss of Indianapolis, and the last woke dragon. Give it up for Zach Roan, everybody! You heard it, Camp Out 2023. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> subtle, boys. Real subtle. And a very special first-time guest with us in studio uh, from uh, New York City. New York City! New York. By way of Atlanta, right? Yeah. Uh, Liam Nelson, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Very oh excited to be here. Uh, I've been sleeping in this basement. <laughs> I've been so excited to do a podcast in the place that Thad and Dyke lock me when I'm naughty. All right. Yeah. <laughs> this really has been. A, I, I noticed this morning that the light was on in this room, and I was like, uh, I hope he knows he could turn that light off. Like, yeah, that's fine. I unscrewed a light bulb earlier. It's like, I screwed it back in afterwards, so it's fine. Oh, okay. That's the kind of hospitality you can expect here at Harder Brunch Airbnb. Yep. I feel like I feel like you guys need to have a picture of the uh, the, the the accommodations. It's pretty. Oh, it's it seems like a test. on the couch. Right? Like, why the fuck would I crash on the couch? And then I saw the room and I was like, you know what? Yeah. It's, it's a real Sophie's choice. <laughs> Either Cody barks at the mailman every 15 minutes or I have to sleep in the dungeon. It's, and also just getting down here as a whole. We got a little video of it that yeah. you guys will put somewhere, I imagine. Uh, it's I got to do like the limbo in a way. I was never good at limbo as a kid. And yeah. I like don't bend in half like that. Like I come in here at a 45 degree angle. Like I Yeah, I was watching the video and I was just like, oh, this isn't going to be as crazy as I thought. And then, and then at the end, I was like, oh, God. Yeah, you did have to bend yourself. Well, you are a uh, you are a tall man. Yeah, seven feet of t- of tall. Seven feet, of, <laughs> seven feet of talls. Yep. And uh, so we we normally don't um, point out uh, what would what, you call it, Zach? People's size. Well, yeah, no, I. Uh, so when I was brought this, like we talk about the menu for each each week, and yeah. he was like, "Well, this, you know, you you remember him? He's really tall, so we're gonna do tall food." And you know, the next week I was First like, "Oh, yeah, it's called it? tall order." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot we're we're talking about this guy." body yeah. that's, that's what we're doing I'm for this be real though, like i've seen you know i imagine you've done like you know someone's mexican you do like mexican food something but it feels like more about <laughs> me wait 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 you think we do race-based food <laughs> just something related to them you know like so i don't yeah. know it's like 25 percent of the time it's I mean, we've, we've cooked yeah. you, we've yeah. Yeah. he's yeah, made yeah, yeah. haitian food for you before yeah yeah i all right okay yeah yeah <laughs> but I'm saying it feels more special because like I'm it's tall is not like a culture, you know, yeah. it's like tall is just me. 
Like, it's like you guys are like, you, that's the one thing we can all see about him. So we're gonna make an entire <laughs> meal of, of sculptures of him, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'll tell you what the roughest part is if you would have canceled on us like trying to push this meal because I wasn't changing the menu yeah, you have to just like find some other tall motherfucker to come be the guest of honor for this meal he's 6'4 that's close enough right like, we're good we're good uh, yeah so I it was, it was a thing where I was like I, I was like oh he's a comic this will be great and then Zach put that little seed of doubt in my head and I was like oh I don't want to be disrespectful and then I was like well it's not like it's a disability being tall and then you got over here and you're like so I have this disability and I was like god damn it oh, but you didn't make like a Marfan brunch <laughs> like a collapsing lung cake like a, a dislocated retina fucking apple pie no, you're good you know it's just tall it just stacks of food I don't think anyone could be offended by just stacking food on top of each other and being like that look it's you yeah <laughs> I really feel like we got to up our game, though. <laughs> I mean, you've inspired me at this point. Dude, Wait, you want to do a disability? Have me back. Have me oh, back, and I will give you wrong. a list of like the most serious complications <laughs> that could happen from my genetic connective tissue disorder. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, aortic rupture or something. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like going blind in both eyes. Oh, I do black like eyed the, peas. <laughs> there you go. I do but. like the detached retina <laughs> apple pie. Because <laughs> I was immediately going like, "How would I do that?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man the other thing uh, you know uh, like, I guess casual surface level thing about you that's kind of fun is we do have something in common you are in the easily make funnable name group yeah right yeah so when, open mics were tough when did, yeah when did that start for, how old were you was that your whole life or when did that start with you um so I've always had like a few things that people mention consistently about me when I was a kid it was like he's tall and he's got a big ass red birthmark on his arm mm. over time it's become okay less tall comments more Liam Neeson comments more uh red less red birthmark comments altogether like no mm. one notices the fucking birthmark yeah. anymore they're just like oh that's the tallest Liam Neeson impersonator <laughs> I've ever seen <laughs> like and the worst thing is like so my name is Liam Nelson yeah one letter off and I'm 23 years old so he was already famous mm. when I was conceived yeah. and born. Like, there's no, like... There was no time. She was like, I'm going to name him after Liam Neeson, essentially. <laughs> like, I want him to never be able to be Googled ever. Like, yeah. the thing that comes up when you Google my name is just when people spelled his name wrong. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. What's the best Liam Neeson joke that someone's thrown at you? Um, someone in a roast battle one time told me he's like I'm like Liam Neeson but uh, the only thing that hasn't been taken is my virginity <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that was pretty good that's a good one. Oh man <clears throat> Yeah, I, I have an affinity for anybody that like had a name that they were like teased about. Like, yeah. oh, he's in the he gets it. Yeah, for <laughs> he, sure. He knows all about it. Yeah, and it also shows you like where the low hanging fruit is, you know? Because it's just like, man, you just, I, there's so many things in your life that I know you hear like every single day. Yeah, if a guy at a sunglass stand at a mall has said it to me, you're not being <laughs> funny, you know? Oh shoot, <laughs> that one hit home. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it is funny to think about comics too, like uh, trying to like hone in on. I'm gonna find the one thing that no one else is like roasting about. Like, uh, like he's got stinky feet. No one ever talks about his feet. Yeah. I, I'm gonna make fun of that. Yeah. Well, that's not true. You're, I did smell your feet when you were sleeping in the Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, good. Is that? It's part of the full Airbnb package. Yeah. It's part of the test in the dungeon. Yeah, I'm in the, the dungeon slash laundry room. Guess what? You passed, buddy. Hey. Is that why my toes felt so squeaky clean this morning? Yeah. That was free. Hello, and uh, we are very excited because we are going to have you come on as our official videographer for Harder Brunch Adult Summer Camp 2023. Can we hit that harder brush thing? Oh, that is that, that is Dad's button. That's that's the button you is hit. Is it playing? <laughs> yeah. It's, yes. It's, playing. <laughs> it's definitely playing. <laughs> if you like this, and I know you do, you're gonna see a lot of it happening in adult summer camp. Oh, I'm such a good dancer, y'all. <laughs> We uh, tickets are on sale right now. We basically, if you don't know, if you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock, we rented out uh, 300 acres in Brown County, Indiana. 
We're having a, we t- we're taking over a summer camp. We're having all the staff be uh uh, comics that are going to be your counselors. We're doing all your favorite camp activities and we're doing comedy shows, live performances, live podcasts, musical guests, food fights, capture the flag, everything, everything under the secret sun. in the woods parties. Se- <laughs> you can go to that secret party. You, you, you got to market it way better than that. That's what dad calls taking a shit in the woods. <laughs> you ever done that with a group? Little parties? Yeah, they all hold hands. And they all hold hands. They brace on each other so they're, they're distributed weight yeah. holds them all up. And Boy Scouts, they taught us how to lean on each other. What do you have to take a caca? That, when, I was in, when I was in first grade, we took a... We all take turns being in the toilet just holding our hands. <laughs> Don't move! <laughs> I feel like you guys aren't taking this seriously. <laughs> and I'm kind of offended about it. When I was in first grade, uh, we took a field trip to like a like a park, like a big, like, we have this park called Eagle Creek, which is like a big park. And uh, we had like a picnic. And then um, I guess they had taken like all the boys to use the restroom at once. And then and I just missed the call. And so I was like finishing up my lunch and I just ran out and I just saw like every girl in my class like squatting in like like in a herd together. And I was so confused because I didn't understand why they weren't standing up to pee. You know, yeah. but I was just like, what are they? So I didn't even know they were peeing. I was just like, what? what? And, I, and I saw a teacher and I was like, what are they doing? And she was They're like, more safe at the watering hole than the numbers. <laughs> That's crazy. And the teacher just was like, get out of here. And I was like, okay. Is that why girls all go to the bathroom together so they can all just sit next to each other while they pee? Yeah, and look out for predators. They all make a protective circle and they all stare out. Wait, why was a teacher that nearby? Yeah, why were you that nearby? What was happening? Like, this is only for me. No, it was, it was a female teacher that yelled. She had a very. She had a very. I don't know. You can't have thirty kids peeing in the woods without an adult supervisor. Man, it was, it was. It was the. It was Gotta the, make sure it comes out clear. You know. Yeah. It was the 90s, man. Times were different back then. <laughs> Times were, let's just say that. Times were different in the 90s. Can yeah. we just stop? Like, specifically, the year was different <laughs> that the, time. The year, <laughs> the, literally. The, the group peeing rules were different. Lots of things were different. Um, man. Uh, Have you ever peed out in the woods with a group? The group, I'm uh, I'm not a really. Gr- I did. I mean, I, what age do you stop playing swords? That's a good question. Because like I feel like that was my favorite thing to do. Like yeah. on a sleepover the next morning, Whoa. I was like, oh, we get to pee in the same toilet at the yeah. same time. Oh, okay. I, I just told my that was like that. a specific For thing. Sure. Like that was I, the selling point of the day, or that was just something. It was extra just like fun. when it ha- it was like when it happened. I was yeah. like, oh, th- you I guys are playing the- flag swords. I, got, <laughs> I forgot I got this bonus like fun mm. time. Yeah, I didn't have any. I didn't have any siblings growing up. I was thinking like full contact swords, like just oh. straight. <laughs> well, it's stream swords. Yeah, like yeah. Only the streaming version. Right. And like, I asked my boss that the same way. Like, are we too old to play swords <laughs> in, the, in the bathroom? Yeah, I don't remember the day when, I don't remember the day when it happened, but there had to have been a time where it was like, one, one kid was like, hey, we can play swords. I'm like, nah, man, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> well, something usually bad probably happens. Mm. What would that be? Well, I mean, like if you're crossing streams, something's going to get on the foot. That's an old proverb. Mm. Oh, I mean, I know like watching my son use the restroom and like remembering back to playing swords. Like, I know I pissed all over everything. Oh, yeah. There's no way that any of it went in the, the I'm going to be real. This conversation is making me feel real uncool as a kid because no one invited me to play swords. You never played, did, you <laughs> no. have, did, you, wow. did you have any brothers growing up? No. No, you're probably like too tall at the time to play swords. You were probably knighting them at the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're there for. This guy's going to piss all over my ears. <laughs> and I now dub you the... the were no. you when, when, the were, nice you, were you always tall or did yeah, you like hit I, a uh, growth spurt? Five foot age? by kindergarten, six foot by like fifth grade. Hey, stop, Casey. Do not look up swords <laughs> on my computer. That's a that's a definite no. I'm sorry, guys. But like, let's, there's, I don't need kids peeing on my computer. That seems like obvious. Sorry. I had to stop that before I went to jail. Yeah. So you were six feet at held? Uh, like 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's when I got kicked out of basketball because I was, uh, it was, I was suspiciously maybe not twelve. Oh, they thought you were a ringer. Yeah. Well, so I did. I was in a local Christian league in Atlanta, and there was like a rumor that was going around that like 
I was sent over from Russia as like a test tube baby <laughs> to be like a ringer for a local Christian 10 year olds basketball league, you know, because that's what's important to the Russians these days. It's not like the whole dem- dismantling democracy thing. It's like we need the, the Holy Trinity's going down. All right. Are they, that's hilarious. are there, is anyone making a lot of money off these games? No, like, like, it's just, I think I scared the grandparents of the other team mm. and then my baby, like, and they'd see me go out for the tip off. They're like, don't hurt him. And I was terrible. And, did you did you would did you always look older too, or did, yeah. did you just look like a giant baby? Yeah, no, I was uh, I was definitely looked a lot. Old. I mean, people just assume when you're taller, you're older a lot of the time. So oh, like, when you just said you were 23, it just blew my mind. Oh yeah, I have a joke where that is the entire premise of the joke is getting the audience to guess how old I am. I get mm. 45 a lot, mm. Um, mm. and it's just yeah, it's a big reveal. It's like, the beard especially doesn't help, and I used to wear like a lot of cardigans. Like in the winter, <laughs> I'm in a lot of cardigans, and I get 40s exclusively. <laughs> with the guesses. Um, when I wear a bucket hat, it makes me look a little younger, I guess. So oh, yeah. Trying to re- recapture my youth. <laughs> well, it's also like, believe it or not, I don't hang out with a lot of 23-year-olds. I know. But I do because of comedy. Right. But like, they're also like all the 23-year-olds that I hang out with because of comedy act like they're in their late 30s. You know, like... like no one uh, wants to hang out with 23-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we suck. Dog. Like, I was like, trying to, like, I was trying to explain that to... Uh, a friend, a guest that we had on Jake Smith. I was like, you know, you don't act like like other people your age, right? Like, you know, you're like more mature. And he was I like, take pride I, in that. I was like, yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I, I was a I was a maniac at 23. Yeah. I like I wouldn't have been able to. Mm-hmm. Like, no one would want to be around this. But I feel like you all. got trained by, like, someone. Like, your mentor was Kermit the Frog <laughs> at yeah. 17 years old. Yeah. So Steve you had, Whitmire. Oh, uh, we buried the lead that you hang out with the Kermit the Frog. Yeah, he's he came to my high school graduation. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? Yeah, so Steve Whitmire, who was Kermit the Frog after um, uh, Henson, like, it was passed down to him. He was also, like, Ernie and Rizzo, and, like, he was the original Rizzo, mm. and a bunch of other, like, characters. Uh, he and I met at like a film conference when I was like 17 uh, and he had just like left the Muppets because they Disney's bullshit uh, and we're tired of like him having any creative input on Muppet properties. They're like, we just want the corporation to control everything. Mm. Thanks though. Cause he was like one of the last people who was like hands you know, on from way back when like he started there when he was 17 Oh, um, mm. and he was like 60 when he left. Uh, so he he and I met at the conference. I was like, hey, I'm a young producer. He didn't know how old I was at the time. So part of this is like exactly what we're talking about. He thought I was like 28. Yeah, you, uh, you catfish. 17 years old. <laughs> I showed up to a meeting uh, being like, hey, and I had done a lot of like cool like video work in the past because I'd had a lot of really good opportunities like young and I just had a uh, film go to the, like the Cannes Film Festival at the time. So oh, like, wow. I had like, okay qualifications yeah. to do it. But he hit me up and we just started uh, putting together a show that was initially for Adult Swim uh, which was like an internet troll character who did like a call in live show once a month where mm. people like complained about their lives and he would just like riff on it and make fun of them kind of. Uh, but eventually adult one kind of like ghosted us for some reason. And so we proceeded to make the show for three years, just like independently in a studio that I like owned in like way out in the boonies of Atlanta. Uh, and we just like just the two of us in a room with a green screen and like his wife would sometimes do the right hand. Sometimes <laughs> I would do the right hand of the puppet while I was like, like start the camera, run over, do the right hand, uh, like slate the take and then be done, you know? So let's back this up a little bit because we talk about how mature you are. Part of it is because at 17, you have your own studio <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you already had a film in can. Yeah. It was, uh, me and uh, my two film mentors at the time, the, the bond trigger twins who are these two, like 50 something year old guys at the time who, what a, what a trio we were going to Europe together. These two, <laughs> they're like the goofiest boys and I love them to death, but yeah. like they almost got pickpocketed like three times and I had to stop <laughs> it and be like, no, no, they need their wallet. Thank you. Like, um, so I was just like parenting these men at 17, but they, we all made the movie together and then, uh, yeah, that's, it was a cool project. We, I just got started super young. Were you from like a hot, like, is your like parent, what do your parents do? Uh, my mom is what kind of got me connected with it. She does like live event production. And mm. so a lot of her videographers for her events, like when I was really young, uh, and started like shooting just to help them out at her events and stuff, just to, like, cause I enjoyed shooting video. Yeah. Um, I like got super tight with them and then they all kind of blew up whenever the Atlanta like music video production and like film scene kind of mm-hmm. took off. So it, 
just a couple ins helped me kind of get all the way through. So like I ended up working as a PA on the bad and bougie music video when I was 14. <laughs> just like mm. just weird, just like stories to have. Um, and then I just, yeah, kept at it. Uh, so I've, I had kind of like a whole music video and like production career before stopping most of that to do comedy full time. So it's like, Wow. There's yeah, been errors. Yeah, you were showing us uh, a video that you shot that was almost, it was like a rap video, but it was like a parody of kind of like of Good, Good Burger. Burger. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, uh, we produced it at the same place we shot the Bad Bougie Music video. Um, but it's, yeah, it's uh, IDFW, this band 300 Pounds of Goo Up. We did like a full Good Burger parody. We built like a custom milkshake machine and had like a shot where he's in the milkshake machine, like in Good Burger, yeah. and he's pouring a milkshake on some girl's butt while she's twerking. It's it's fun, you know. Yeah, I, I like you. He was like, we had to pay her a thousand dollars to do <laughs> <We> that. <did. laughs> have to pay people a lot of money to pour a milkshake all over their butt. <laughs> now, now you did a, one with Little Dirk, correct? Yeah, uh, I worked on having my way uh, with Little Skies and Little Dirk. Uh, I was actually in that one as like a little guitar guy with. Uh, Cause little dark d- wouldn't be around the scantily clad women because his girlfriend was there. Mm. Oh. Uh, and so they needed someone to like, cause we had all these dancers who yeah. were like there. So they're like, all right, Liam, you want to do it? I was like, <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> so it's just me like play, pretending to play the guitar uh, in like a jumpsuit with like a rose in my hair and all these like rope clad women dancing around me in like a window. You seem like there's a certain kind of, um, white guy that I feel like black people really enjoy and I feel like that's you. you yeah. You're in that category. I mean I grew up in Atlanta. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I can see I can see you especially being like a treat for black people. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and but you feel very but like you but like you're also like very comfortable. Like one of the funniest things said about Zach ever, we had a guest on and, and she said she said Zach's the kind of person that just feels way too comfortable around black people. <laughs> and I was like, that's true. I mean yeah I would most of my friends growing up were black kids. Like it's it's very uh it's i don't know i i think i inherently have things where it's like i just get along with people who have like good energy and mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking sometimes white people are just too uptight you know <laughs> mm-hmm. i could just see I, I don't know like i just imagine all these like hardcore rappers in atlanta being like get my, get my man over there playing the ukulele oh, <laughs> Yeah, no, they, uh, I've had a lot of rappers kind of be like, you're the fucking producer? Like, okay, bro. And then they're like 16 year old kid who's in their posse will be like, I'll pay you a hundred dollars to kick your ass. Like, uh, I mean, no, dog, thank you for the offer, I guess. Have you ever taken that no, offer? No, I have a disability. You punch me in the heart, I'll die. Very well. Yeah. I mean, that, that should be, that should be your merch. That should be like a t-shirt. Punch me in the heart, I'll die. No, because then some drunk motherfucker would do it oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> we, that's an invitation we, we had uh we had a guest on last week that owned a uh uh they, they had a mascot for their business which was like a lemon costume and they were just talking about all the times that they, they have to go to a lot of like yeah beer festivals and mm-hmm. stuff it is like oh you have to put the mascot costume on before everyone gets drunk or it's just like open season on do like, I have a story for you <laughs> oh yeah let me set you up I was like hey what'd you do uh, in high school what was your other job in high school and then he proceeds to say when you were 17 as well uh, I think it started when I was like 16 when you were 16 you uh, became a professional Chewbacca sometimes <laughs> at like frat parties and kids parties. Oh my god! Which is like very similar events. Yeah, you know, you got, you got molested. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's stumbling around trying to touch you with sticky fingers. It's like both, you know. Uh, and I just get the shit kicked out of me yeah. at both of these events. But the frat boys hit a lot harder, so I had to learn how to be like. Don't hit me, I'm a pussy. <laughs> like Chewbacca language, you know? I was, about, I, was, I was just about to ask, but can you break us off a little Chewbacca? <laughs> it's fun. Oh, man. Because that's the hardest one. Because you can break character. Like, ouch, that hurts. Oh, I, no one's they, 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 like, insist that you don't break character, too. So I'm just like... <laughs> oh, Chewbacca, you want to do a keg stand? <laughs> <laughs> I like like you sign language. Like, yeah. Hey. Oh, it's emergency charades all day. I learned how to say, please don't hand me your baby. Uh, <laughs> I will drop it. <laughs> how? Okay. So you're you're going to an event as Chewbacca. Yeah. Like, how do you break up that time? Like, I'm assuming it's at least an hour, right? Or oh, more. it's like four hours. What do you do? What do you do? Um, do you have a routine? Yeah. And wave 
at people and then they all are like freaked out and interact with me however they're gonna do so like the frat party for example i show up i kind of just post up in an area mm-hmm. people start coming over talking to me when i feel like i've kind of hit that area i'll move to a different area and then every like 20 minutes or so because it's georgia and july yeah. i have to go <laughs> run to a back room somewhere <laughs> chug three giant bottles of water to keep from passing uh, out and then come back out because it's like 95 degrees outside and all day I'm outside yeah. in a giant fursuit. Are you I, able to remove the head or was it I mean, a zipper or something like that? Oh, no, I can remove that, yeah. So I like, I'll, sometimes you, like people will just see me like in the corner just facing the corner just like, <laughs> hey, his head's coming off. As Casey Rocket would call it, Blair witching in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my God. So, it, so I would assume if I just saw like a Chewbacca, I would assume not that that's a, a really tall person. That's there, a person on stilts. But it's like a person on stilts. People kick or, me in the shins a lot. Ooh, <laughs> they're like, oh, that's not real. And then I'm like, ow. <laughs> you need signs to say these are real shins. I think I just need a sign. I just, people just need to stop hitting me. <laughs> you know? like, I mean, it's wild to think, like it's wild that the thought is, Oh, I thought, I'm sorry. I thought you were in stilts. That's why I kicked at you. <laughs> okay, so uh, he just pulled up Peter Mayhew, the guy who originally played Chewbacca. I have a story about him as well. Okay. Uh, I was working on a, a documentary for a while about people with Marfan syndrome uh, because, like, I had a hard time with my diagnosis initially, and so I wanted something that, like, and then I met a bunch of people with it, and it helped me kind of, like, see hope for my future again because up until, you know, 20 years ago, you had maybe 30 years to live with Marfan oh, wow. syndrome. But now, like... You can live a pretty normal life as long as you're like on top of your medical care. Uh, and so I was making this documentary trying to find as many like inspiring people with Marfan syndrome. And he has there's like a big rumor that he has Marfan syndrome. And I uh, with Steve, the puppeteer, flew to Texas. Wait, to go. have you already been Chewbacca at this point? Yeah. Okay. yeah for years. Okay. Uh, I, I flew to Texas to go interview Peter at a Comic Con because Steve and Peter knew each other in the past. And so I got there through puppeteering flew to fucking Alamo City, Texas. And the first question, I'm like, oh, so like I like what's it like living with Marfan syndrome and being an actor? And he's like, I don't have Marfan syndrome. <laughs> oh, I feel like that's so kind I'm of like, on your bed. Oh. Like, you, you well, the whole Internet says he does. <laughs> and so I like I got there and then I asked that first question. And it, like it like fucked with me so hard that mm. I didn't even start rolling the camera and uh, I just kind of packed it up and left. I was like, all right, <laughs> oh. well, this has been a wash. And he died two months later. Oh. <laughs> oh. You could have had like a dope interview. With- so like, I I mean, he, and then also like everyone in the Marfan community thinks he has it. And for some reason, like I told a couple people who like know everyone in the online Marfan community that he doesn't have it. And now every time someone's like, oh, Peter Mayhew is a famous person with Marfan syndrome, I get tagged in a Facebook thread. It's like, nope, Liam's going to ruin the party here now. <laughs> he said so he didn't. Yeah, he told me to his to my face that he did not have yeah, it. Yeah, you're, um, like, you're like the kid that tells the other kids that Santa's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I don't know why they keep like let's just he's dead. It doesn't matter, yeah. you know. Like uh, we can just say well, Marfan syndrome. It's so, kind of uh, tough because Google says Peter Mayhew did have Marfan right? syndrome. Yeah, it, no, it says he, it right there. He doesn't have it. He has pituitary gigantism, not Marfan syndrome. And I don't know why it says he has both. Oh, um, my right headphone just went out. I think is uh okay. oh yeah, it's right there on his Wikipedia. Um, Someone needs to change. You so need to who, change that. So yeah. yeah. So who is the most famous person? Um, Austin Carlisle from the band of Mice and Men is up there. Okay. Uh, he's kind of a piece of shit though. Uh, <laughs> grooms kids. Uh, but yeah, he was in my documentary, and then I cut him out. Uh, but yeah. He... No, don't bring him up. Osama bin Laden. Right. So pedophiles and terrorists. Uh, Are you being serious right I now? I am a hundred percent serious. <laughs> Wait, he had it. I have a joke about it where I'm like, yeah, it's a third tall white tower he's taken down <laughs> in Osama. Because man, that sucks. That he is like one of the few notable people with the thing that I have. Yeah, that's qu- um, quite. There's a- been a few actors. I don't remember the, their names off the top of my head, but uh, there's yeah, it's there's uh, <laughs> it looks like it. I'm trying to think of who else is famous. He's like Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Super Hitler. It makes you wonder. It's like, are are people with Marfan syndrome like more prone to be monsters or are we just easier to see doing it? (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh my God. That's so good. Like, we just can't get away with that shit. Like, what's the lineup for me committing a crime? That's true. <laughs> like, like, the entire Atlanta Hawks and then, like, a telephone pole and a sweater. Like, what? 
<laughs> oh, they said Abraham Lincoln had it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's the other like. <laughs> you buried the lead. Oh, so yeah. You buried the lead. But they don't know that he had it. He's oh, like, it's like yeah. this is so long ago that it's like a maybe. Oh, yeah. like Bin Laden. There's like been some like medical info uh, that was found that like yeah. confirms it. But like he does look very marfanoid. Yeah. Um, but what, I, one day you're gonna invent whoa. like a time machine and you're gonna go back with your recorder and be like, <laughs> I'm not gonna stop the Holocaust, but I'm just gonna get <laughs> yeah. Lincoln to admit you're that he has Marfanoid. Right past nine eleven. Lincoln. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop at 9/11 and be like, excuse me, Osama, uh, please don't do this. You're making Marf look bad. Right? <laughs> You're giving us a real bad name. Oh my god. Uh, let's let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. This week on the After Brunch podcast, she hangs up, and I'm about to say that, and she looks at me and she says, "You wash penis." So the two things you know that she said in English so far is I hate black people and your penis needs to be clean. Yeah, yeah, that's and, uh. And you said, and you said yes or no. Well, I, I said like, so kind, I can maybe like in the shower, and she's like, no, you wash penis now. Mm. Uh, which professional? Honestly, I think that is a European thing, and on a little hygiene before hooking up, I think is something as Americans we should probably do more of. I, I, it's very polite to your partner. It also does sound like a prostitute yeah. thing. In, in- Join us at patreon.com slash harder brunch. Put it back on there. And we're back, baby. <laughs> no, you're the captain now. I don't know how to do this. I'm scared. <laughs> no, I'm not supposed to do this. Get me out of this position. Uh, we like to do uh, our Smoking Goose brunch breakdown. It's <laughs> good. Smoking Goose is a high-end uh, butcher shop here in Indianapolis that make a lot of delicious products, and they're one of our sponsors. Um, and we did food in your honor today. The theme was tall order of food. Oh, yeah? Um, so the idea was to have all foods that um, had height to them or had some sort of uh, tall, uh, tall uh, qualities. Uh, Zach, what's t- tall qualities? Being tall, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just that height. Big just, dick. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. All of the foods had big dicks. All right? of the foods yeah. had big dicks. Actually, the donut tower uh, is an exact replica of my dick. I don't know how you guys got the texture so correct, but we called it a couple yeah. people. We yeah. got some cameras down in the basement. Got a real cookies and cream type of dick down there. This does feel like where you'd film like a Big Brother type of show that I didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> like there's secret cameras all over the house. That's how you fund your rent. It's just like <laughs> comics in the wild, yeah. like like so, bum fights, but for comics. So it's a lot of blackmailing. And, uh, um, so uh, Zach, you did the first dish, wouldn't you? Uh, so the first thing I did was uh, mozzarella stick Jenga. Uh, I stacked mozzarella sticks as high as I could in a bowl of. Um, I made a uh, uh, sweet pepper and uh, caramelized onion marinara for it. Uh, it it looked really good. Yeah, it was mad uh, good, and but it did. I think you jangled it as you were as you were getting ready to serve it. Man, so uh, I was I like I thought that they would stack really easy, and they did stack really easy. I thought I could get it really super tall, but then I didn't think about all the hot marinara <laughs> and that the entire structure would start sinking into it, and so mm. it was actually way more challenging to make things tall than I expected. Oh yeah. Like everything, Hard being tall. Yeah, yeah, everything was working against it. You sink yeah. in the marinara. I'll, I'll say this: like people had a problem with that because they kept going for seconds, and it was just cheese sticks. But like, <laughs> more cheese sticks in the dip. Yeah, and well, the like, dip was already on him. See, you just had to grab that. The sauce was really good. I, I don't sauce know if he did something so good. Yeah, did he do something extra to the sauce? We don't know. Yeah, I told you. I put caramelized onions <laughs> and sweet peppers in other there. Than, other than that, I'm a magic. I'm a magic. Not ingredients. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I put I magic, get, too. I get bored with this ingredient stuff. <laughs> I didn't know what you were feeling when you cut it. <laughs> um, and then what was the second dish? The second dish, I did a big old uh, plate of flapjacks. Uh, right. And then I put, uh, like, it was like a, a full breakfast flapjack, so I put sausage and bacon between them. Uh, I made a... Uh, Maple and sriracha butter to put between them, and then Super good. covered up with maple syrup. We, I'll tell you this: out of all the brunches we've had, I was v- very surprised, pleasantly, about how much 
eating actually happened on this wood. Like, I feel like you guys went pretty hard in the paint. Like, yeah, I was uh, concerned for my ability to speak for an hour <laughs> after. I uh, I can't I cannot participate in a Heart of Brunch and podcast very well. If I do, it's a lot. I realized there was at some point where I realized how heavy of a breather that I and I was like, oh, I, I brunch too hard, and then it's just like, so tell me about the first open mic you ever. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, th- and th- I think the other thing too is like I was like I wanted the tallness of all the food to come through, so yeah. I, was, I was kind of the donuts of, really were the cherry, I, th- yeah. I think, for like height. I, the, the Jenga it was stacked pretty well, like it was like enough to where like this is a Jenga tower. None of us tried to pull it out like Jenga because mm-hmm. it felt rude to just stick mm-hmm. our fingers in the middle of this dish. Um, but yeah, it was, I think it, it came across. You know, the first idea was to actually have real Jenga with just some of them removed and some of them have mozzarella sticks oh, that's in. Fun. But the, yeah, I feel like. I, that would have provided the structure you needed. Yeah. But you, I that feel would like, have gone. I feel like if you didn't buy a completely brand new Jenga set, it would have just been gross. gross. Yeah. Like, where are these blocks, man? Yeah. Also, what's the plan? The blocks fall into the marinara sauce <laughs> and splash over the table? <laughs> over our white shirt? Whoever loses gets covered in marinara sauce. <laughs> uh, and then the, the third one? The third one was the, um, uh, the onion rings, beer-battered onion rings with uh, Upland beer and then uh, remoulade sauce. Super good. That was uh, on a paper towel holder. On a paper <laughs> towel holder. Yeah, I forgot my uh, big, big dowel rod. I had, I had a whole dowel rod constructed that was, you know, and then I forgot it. So it was Dyke's paper towel holder. I'm glad somebody noticed. <laughs> Wait, that was a paper towel holder. <laughs> that, was, that was absolutely. I washed it. I washed it. Okay. Was, After it, you guys ate, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want the paper towels to get then. dirty. Yeah. yeah, it was very gross then. Uh, and then I did a, uh, <laughs> I did a surf and turf stack, which was a uh, cornbread, uh, a juicy Lucy stuffed nice. burger, and then a uh, crab cake and then ceviche. Wild stuff. That was my favorite. I think it was, that was like, Oh, so fucking, I love a seafood. And it's like the, in, at that point in the meal, like I was like, Oh, thank God. Something that's cold. And like, <laughs> and like, like with a vegetable, yeah. it, was, it was good. Oh man. Yeah. That was my favorite in the way I, it actually made me mad. Cause like now I'm full. Can't eat anymore, and I just want to throw it against the wall. Like, why did you wait till the last moment? Bring this out before the mozzarella sticks. You yeah. tricked me. Yeah, I, for some reason, like because we talk like midweek about like the food we're gonna make, but like sometimes I feel like we have it fleshed out more than others, and so like I for some reason I thought that that was gonna be the first thing and then like Zach comes in with all this stuff and he's like well, I'm doing the first three courses and then you right and I was like yep that's 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 how I had saw it in my mind <laughs> and well, then, I, didn't, uh, I didn't like I didn't think you wanted to start with the seafood and beef first right? <laughs> like I didn't think you wanted to like throw that out first no we should have so my original probably my, my original idea See, sometimes I want the, the the gimmick overrides the actual food. Yeah. So, like, my original idea is I wanted the food to get taller and taller each course. Oh. So I wanted to, like, like start off with the shortest one. But, like, it, it wouldn't have made sense. Like, we, we did. A we, it would have achieved that if we if we started out with the, the beef or whatever. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess I was thinking in the same way, but I considered, like, the quality of yeah. what you were doing. Like, I was, like, I was putting out appetizer food, right? So yeah, but no, you're right. Like it probably would have fit if we. It, it, but it, it's it's a, doing a lot for a gimmick. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like yeah. doing a lot is just like, uh, but like also, man. In, no matter what, like, no matter what way that you uh, sort out the food, by the fourth course, everyone's a little angry. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everyone's yeah. like, full, like uh, because you always even even Thad, who's been on the show for like two and a half years, yeah, like. I was overeats on the first course sometimes and knows he'll, he'll warn people like, Hey, there's a lot of food. Yeah. Like just, you know, heads up. But like e- even you sometimes by the fourth, you're like, oh. yeah, sometimes you guys make it so good. I was worried when all those pancakes, like, th- like one pancake came back <laughs> on that plate. I was like, Holy shit. That is a lot of bread. Yeah. yeah we just smashed <laughs> those pancakes. Those, those mozzarella sticks too. I had five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were scooping it. We that sauce is was so like tempted. I just kept eating more mozzarella sticks. Just yeah. add more of the sauce. Just to have more of the sauce. Then, uh, yeah. And then what the- was in that sauce? That <laughs> <laughs> mystery sauce. Was it magic? <laughs> then I did uh, the donut hole tree. And yeah, I mean, you know, part of the fun of that was just going to Dunkin' Donuts. And I was just like, hmm, I was like, I need some munchkins. How do they come? And they like, 
they like it came in all these different you know swordsmen's and like fifty was the biggest one. I was like, all right, how many kinds do you have? Like three. I was like, can I have fifty of each kind? <laughs> And then the lady goes, that's 150 munchkins. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, sir. yes, yes, man, yes it please. Is. Can you get cut off from ordering yeah. too much? <laughs> They're like, you come in here every Wednesday, guy. <laughs> we can't keep giving you these. I'm going to need come in frosting all over your face. <laughs> well, and then I heard the manager like call back. Like, they were super polite. Honestly, shout out to Dunkin' Donuts on 10th Street because like they were, it was, it was the nicest service I've got. Uh, post COVID, out of any restaurant, they walked in. They were like, "Good morning, good morning," and then I ordered this ridiculous thing. And then I just heard the manager. She was like, "Hey, uh, hey, Sheila, uh, this guy just ordered 150 munchkins. Can you help me out with that?" Oh. And all they did is they just had a bin that had like, I mean, a thousand of munchkins. And 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 I saw them in there like throwing them in. And then she, I heard her say, "She goes." Are you counting those? You just throwing them in. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it doesn't matter. He's going to die anyway. I feel like at a certain point, like, yeah, you're just getting a lot of munchkins. Yeah. Like, on, on a scale of seven to ten, how much shit do you think they're talking about you? A lot. A lot. I, I feel like you should have just asked for as many munchkins as you can carry and then let them just toss it all into a bucket. Yeah. What's the legal amount of munchkins? <laughs> do you sell munchkins by the pound here? That guy has a strange kink. <laughs> Uh, so we were talking during the break. Um, you said there was another uh, uh, professional athlete. Yeah, Isaiah Austin, uh, former Baylor star basketball player, uh, got very publicly diagnosed with Marfan syndrome when he was about to be drafted for the NBA. And then oh. he got his like NBA checkup and they found it. Uh, and so he like left the NBA, like it was a big thing. Like a bunch of people got diagnosed because of that being all over the news cycle for a while. Oh wow. Um, and then he started becoming like a speaker for the foundation and he like wrote a book called dream again and started oh. a charity called dream again. And then two years later he went to China and played basketball professionally. Wait, what? Yep. <laughs> Just fucking dropped everything and left that to man. go risk his life every day in China, you know, like in small villages and shit, like where there are not access to like high level, like medical specialists for Marfan syndrome. And then also like lied and said his cardiologist said it was okay. Oh, so wow. like just spread misinformation essentially. So I had to call like a dozen 12 year olds and be like, Hey, just cause Isaiah's trying to kill himself. Doesn't mean you should too. Like, cause we just get so much pressure to like play basketball. And I think uh, that he yeah. just kind of gave into it. Like I no no hate to I, Isaiah. It's just like he made the lives of the people at the foundation who were responsible for like the kids well being yeah. jobs a little bit harder. Uh, but well, I, ho I hope the best for him. I know you get a lot of pressure to play basketball, but oh, imagine yeah. if you were also black, you know, I, like, yeah, I can't imagine like I truly, and, and he was so good too. And that was like such a big thing that he defined his self worth on for a while. So like, I don't blame him, but it just, it yeah, sucked. it's, rough. it's sucks to write a book called dream again and then go back to the <laughs> yeah. first dream. Yeah. <laughs> but, but looking at it this way, what if Osama bin Laden did play basketball? You know, honestly, that's the one case of a person with Marfan syndrome where, like, honestly, I, I <laughs> wish they had played basketball. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You, so, you say maybe there's some of, you know, some of the bad ones we got, we got to get rid of, you know. I wish Osama was Only really in a bad bumper, bumper yeah, car. Yeah. <laughs> if we could have a sorting mechanism marks. beforehand, right? Yeah, I'm just saying he would write a book called Dream Again, like, hey, I was thinking about blowing up the towers, <laughs> and then I found out this basketball, I'm pretty good. I have a good J. <laughs> I got a good hook shot. I am black and from Indiana and I am terrible at basketball. Yeah. It is, it's my whole life. I feel like it's just like, like I, I, I'm in the middle of the Venn diagram of people that should be really good at basketball. Yeah. And I just, and no, and I suck, I suck as well, but people don't seem to people think, uh, I guess people seem to acknowledge that I would not be naturally good at basketball because of my frail stature, but also they still come and be like, oh, the Knicks need you. <laughs> but then they'll be like, oh, they don't ask me, do I play basketball? Yeah. They say like, did you play basketball when you were younger? Mm. But I'm like 23, so that just means like they just don't see a world where I currently play basketball in the prime of my life. You know? Back when you were good. Back when you were high. Way back when I was young, like when I was 11, I guess I played basketball. But yeah. 
Oh my god, you've uh, you've been going on tour. You've been you're featuring for like all these amazing headliners. Like yeah. you're featuring for like Sam Morrell. So I, I host for Sam Morrell. I feature for John Marco Cerezi. Okay. Host feature. So we do like thirty minutes on his shows. Those have been super fun. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, Kate Willett and I did a run together last year. That's amazing. Um, I've done some stuff with Joe Zimmerman before. Done some stuff with uh, Dusty Slay a lot. Dusty's been awesome. Uh, Dusty and Sam were like the first two headliners to kind of pick me up and bring me random cool places on the road. Uh, really helped me kind of get out of my home scene a little bit and kind of, you know, spread your wings. You you start writing stuff a lot faster when you're doing longer sets. And so, yeah. you know, when you're... I, I was... You know, I've only been doing comedy for like since October 2019. So like, you know, almost four years mm. uh, technically, even with COVID, which made it kind of weird. So... I'm like a newer comic, but I've been able to like kind of get more later comic experience by just putting myself in different markets, you know, yeah. and just driving for 1800 miles a tour. <laughs> well, I also feel like as we've established too, like, like you just, you're an intelligent, very intelligent person. So like, I try it, it helps coming from the world of like video production and marketing. Cause that's mm. an extra like, Hey headliner. Like, I know you don't know me at all and you have no reason to want to put me on your show, but I can offer a thing to make it worthwhile to give me a shot. And then mm. once you do well once, it's like, oh, yeah, of course you can come on, especially if you're going to tape the show. Like, it's, it's, mm. it's, it helps sell you, not just like a random guy. I you like know? that a lot. Yeah. Well, and I think with all of your background across the board, too, I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and I was like, you know what? I think the thing that makes a good comic that people, like, it gets uh, overlooked a lot is just uh, self-awareness. I feel yeah. like being self-aware can just really help or hinder you so much. For sure. And, like, we the, there's some... Every once in a while, you'll see someone post on Facebook, like some comic just post something that's so completely unhinged and detached from reality. And I'm just like, oh, this person doesn't even live on like the same planet that I do. You yeah. know, like, uh, so I, I think that sometimes in certain aspects, like, uh, it could be a superpower, you yeah. know, and it could really be like, all right, this is who I am. This is my lane. These are my strengths. These are my flaws. Right. Like, let's get to it. Like, yeah. And I think mine being so obvious too, and like so commonly addressed by people helps me be the most self-aware because yeah. I'm not just self-aware. I'm other people aware also, <laughs> you know, like everyone's telling me shit about me. And so I have no choice but to acknowledge it constantly, you know? <laughs> Uh, what are your what are your plans for like the rest of the year like this summer coming out? Uh, like, yeah, what are you so excited about? summer's gonna be big. I got my first headlining dates coming up at a uh, some pretty big clubs, which will be fun. Nice. Uh, co-headlining with Max Price out of St. Louis, uh, doing Blue Room in Springfield, uh, doing uh, the upstairs room at the Kansas City Comedy Club, uh, and then doing some stuff in Denver, doing some stuff in uh, headlining in Birmingham, uh, opening for John Marco in Atlanta, uh, and then uh, Raleigh at Good Nights, which will be fun. Uh, that's all in August and then doing camp, obviously. That's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah. Very excited for that. Uh, going to probably headline Morgantown, West Virginia, either on the way to or from camp. Okay. Which will be fun. My friend Cody Cannon out there. Shout out to Cody. Uh, runs some really great shows in a very cool little town. Uh, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, I think that's all that's like locked in right now, but I'm, I'm hoping, you know, keep chipping away at the New York scene. It's pretty tough out there, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm making it. I'm, I'm making it work. Does it feel weird that like you, like can get, go out on the road and have all these amazing experiences and then go back to New York and it's like, sign up in that bucket over yeah, there. Yeah, you can get a five minute spot if you pay me $10 and shut the fuck up for four hours. Like, <laughs> oh man. It's yeah, it's and pretty like, brutal. I, just, I like, just hosted at a theater. Yeah, but you know, I also live in the same city as John Marco. So anytime he has like a New Jersey gig, he's like, oh, you drive me, I'll pay a little extra money. Like you mm. can just host feature, do 30 minutes. Like it, that's great. So like, yeah. I'm not living in New York for the New York shows yet. Mm. I think, you know, I've started to, I've made myself a resident videographer on a show called New York City is Dead. Aton uh, Levine, Drex Clemens, Ali O'Neill. Uh, super fun show with like a, uh, it's like a seven piece brass band backing it. Oh, okay. So it's like just a super fun vibe, great crowds. Uh, and so that one's like consistently fun. My show that's monthly out there, which is like the third Sunday of every month up in uh, Hamilton Heights on 146 in Broadway. Uh, we have like great headliners and stuff. So I host that one. I get a longer spot there. I'm about to start a second monthly show up at the same spot yeah. uh, on the first Sunday. So it's like, you know, you can make those longer spots happen, but for the most part, it's like, Oh, I got to go an hour and a half <laughs> for eight minutes in a room with 12 people in it. Were you, uh, were you like into comedy growing up or was it something that like kind of like spring yeah. up later in life? I think I, my mom always like showed me like George Carlin and shit. Uh, Richard Pryor. My dad was super into my dad always played like the serious XM, like comedy channels, uh, on road trips and stuff. Mm. But, uh, 
I don't know. I think I, I wasn't ever like a huge, I was big into comedy TV, uh, like sitcoms and shit. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> after all my friends went to college when I was like 18, uh, living in Atlanta, they all moved away. I was kind of alone. My girlfriend who I had like met in high school and I'm still dating now, uh, had gone up to school in New York. So I was like very much alone living at my parents' place and I needed like a new way to make friends. And I have mm. a hard time like going to places without a reason to be there. Yeah. Uh, so I shot it's a called comedy anxiety. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I shot a comedy show for a magician friend of mine because I was a magician when I was a kid, mm. uh, like a professional magician. Really? Yeah, what? so I had enough. <laughs> Been talking about all these disabilities. You're the one that put the magic in the sauce. <laughs> I had a whole nother career before film, which was magic. Yeah, I was like a. I, I hit the Atlanta kids' birthday party circuit hard when I was like twelve. Uh, I made some good money too. I was I was pretty. I was all right. I would love to see a magic Chewbacca. Yeah, I was gonna say so, but. <laughs> to Chewbacca, this to videographer, booked. like yeah, you've it is a lot of them happening at the same time yeah. too, and then comedian. But you yeah, should the, write a book called I, Dream Again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, uh, I didn't ever love the like actual magic parts of magic. I like the stage performance mm, parts, so uh, I think it makes sense to like transition to yeah. comedy. Like the part I liked was making up stories about the tricks mm. to like tell people. So oh. you, so you always felt like very comfortable because like, yeah. that's the thing I noticed. Uh, like a lot of like people that like come from improv backgrounds to stand up. Like they already are like kind of yeah. ahead of the curve because they just feel comfortable. Being I was also like a speaker for that nonprofit. I was telling you about where like they had me talking about my documentary in certain places and I was used to like talking about my own life experience. So yeah. that that's very much core to like stand up, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I was shooting a comedy show for my magician friend of mine who was like opening for the comedy show. And then I shot the show. I met a guy named Will Foskey who's out of Atlanta. I don't know if you met him before Uh great Atlanta comic. He just moved up to New York actually. Uh, he was super funny and I looked him up to try to find more of his stuff online. Couldn't find anything because local comics hardly ever have, you know, good, like, or at least used to reliably have like good longer tapes mm-hmm. online for people to watch. So I reached out to him like, Hey man, like I'd love to come out and shoot your shows for free. If I can just come hang out. Uh, so like for the first few weeks of being involved in the Atlanta comedy scene, I was just like a videographer who was coming places with Will. And it, it was a great way to meet everybody because yeah. he's already super established in the scene. And I was like providing a, a thing. So people like kind of, you know, snapped me up pretty quick. Uh, and then I just kept talking about doing stand up, and eventually Will got kind of fed up with it and just put my name in the bucket for one. And then I did a, a five set and I was like, oh, okay, no, this is, yeah, I'm going to do this. Uh, and then I got, so you got baby birded in the comedy. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. I was, I was just like very content. Like you've met the people who are like, oh, I go to a lot of comedy shows and like, I always sit up front and I really like comedy. And like, I've always thought about doing comedy. Mm, I was going to be yeah. that guy for another probably year or so mm, yeah. if he hadn't kind of given me a little shove. Okay. So, but then I got into it pretty quick and I did the same thing where my friend Ty Colgate who runs, uh, he ran a, like a bar show down there. So I got in as like his resident videographer. So I'd like do spots pretty regular there, start doing open mics. And it was a good way to meet new people. Like all my friends became comics and I had a whole new like group of people who all I can hang out with once I kind of broke into it. Uh, and it helped revitalize like my life in Atlanta a little bit outside of like the production world, you know? Is this is this your IMDb? Is it yeah, <laughs> old as shit. Oh, like uh, uh, music right videos up. don't really go on uh, uh, IMDb. You but did yeah. your first film at nine, though. Yeah, it won a couple of festival awards. It was for like this like kids film festival. Are you like a um, genius too, or like are you like in Mensa? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just. I think I'm just a person who like decided to. Whenever I decide to do something, I do it like a hundred and ten percent, and I've had like. My parents, while being like real characters, are also like very supportive and like willing to like my dad, you know, help me bankroll like my magic career because you got to like buy a bunch of shit to be a magician. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, or like, you know, my mom like introduced me to a bunch of videographers when I wanted to do video. Like there's like mm. they really like were like, OK, you want to do this? Cool. But you got to like do it. And I was like, all right. Yeah. So I just like threw myself like even when I play video games when I was like same kind of age 12 I got into where I started working as like an administrator on a gaming trading community 
uh, in TF2, and like I ended up trading for items that I ended up selling for like seven grand when I was fifteen. Just like working a whole ass like part time job yeah. on mm. the internet, mm-hmm. and the only reason I like I I was like middlemanning these like gambling things on there where like someone give me like they'd each give me a hat that was worth like ten thousand dollars. I was like thirteen at the time, and the only reason I didn't just steal it and walk away is because like a sweaty thirty year old man who was my <laughs> boss in his mom's basement would have been mad at me. <laughs> he would have fired me from this barely paid like online job like telling people not to say the n-word over voice chat <laughs> so because i've always like made everything like a profession you know it's like is it's it, never been like a hobby nothing can be a hobby for me for has very there long. ever been anything that you were into that you just weren't like good at I mean, magic a little bit. Like it, it took a while because I have like connective tissue disorder. Mm. So like I don't have super great fine motor skills, mm. which mm. is very necessary. For yeah, magic. like flipping cards. It's yeah. I like card shit is like very hard for me. And I did mostly card tricks. How many uh, audiences are nice when they see the trick revealed? What do you mean? Like revealed? Like you fuck up? Yeah. Um, My elementary school talent show was pretty nice. I <laughs> fucked up pretty bad, but they, I was like funny enough to where I made the parents laugh about the tricks fucking up. And so they're oh. like, that was great. And I'm like, oh, really? All right. That was probably my first comedy show I ever did because the there tricks all went so bad that I just started <laughs> telling jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Magic forced you into comedy. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it's going. <laughs> the magic forced me to copy. Well, me I, I do want to let's ma- have a magic off when we go upstairs. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I'm, oh yeah, if you have I a deck do, of cards. I can do some. I have a magic trick that I can show you. Uh, it's not painful at all. Uh, okay, that makes me afraid. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I do. I was don't, gonna ask don't pull up the Liam Neeson black people with a pipe <laughs> video. All right, I had to deal with a bunch of fucking people coming for me on my social media as being like, "You're a fucking racist." And I'm like, I am a 20 year old man from Georgia. I'm not Liam Neeson. Please stop harassing me. You're like right now, I'm pouring a milkshake on a black lady's booty for a thousand dollars. I respect the culture. Okay. All right. I support young black, young black business people. Man, we were just talking about that. We were talking about that earlier because I was like, you know, his name is Liam Nelson. Like, and then we started talking about the Liam Neeson thing, and I was just like, like I, it, I, I will say this. I will give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, like, like it was such a weird thing where it was just like, like I get what he was trying to do. Is like, hey man, we all have these racist, terrible thoughts sometimes. Yeah, but, but like, why? Like, like, but like, he also just like tattled on yeah, himself. Just like, 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 don't was just like, say that. It was such a wild overshare that it was just like, nobody, it wasn't a gotcha show he was on. No. Nobody was digging around for it. Well, I want to see the, the guy that looks there. like, like the guy that was on the other side of the camera, what did he look like? He was like from Duck Dynasty or something like, like that. <laughs> yeah, he might have been bragging a little bit. Like, hey, you know, I, I had a pipe. I was, <laughs> you just see him like, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't trust the guy, even though this guy looks racist. You're too comfortable, Liam. But you got a lot of like boil over from that. Oh yeah, like, no, I, so my just, whole life I've had like, especially on, on like Skype accounts and shit where there isn't a picture, mm. people will add me and be like, are you Liam Nelson from Taken? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Uh, but yeah, there were, I, I got a couple like tweets accidentally sent at me instead of Liam Neeson. I got a couple like Instagram DMs because they spelled his name wrong when they like looked up the social media account. Cause that's what I was thinking. You'd get not only, you know, like the worst of it, you'd get the worst spellers. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the only the only way I'll ever be able to be Googled is if I'm more famous than the amount of times people mis- misspell his name. Oh, you know? that's a real wow. that's so I a have real to benchmark. Be, yeah, more. So there's a reason for a stage name for you. I mean, there could be. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Now you 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 said you do perform in a lot of black rooms. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, like obviously you're of the culture. <laughs> like 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 what would your state like if you could pick a stage <laughs> name. <laughs> Like, oh man! Like uh, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Would it, instead of earthquake, you'd be climate change. <laughs> <laughs> Long winter, because I'm tall and white. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's the name of the episode, right there. <laughs> Long winter, because I'm tall and white. That's a good one. Yeah, that's great. Fruit um, by the foot. Uh, <laughs> real quick, what? Who's? And uh, you can divulge as much or as little as you want to. What's like your best um, story about meeting someone in comedy? What's your worst story about meeting somebody in comedy? Hmm. Oh, best story. Uh, Nate Bargatze. I was at the Nashville Comedy Festival uh, like last year. 
and his uh, is it the New Material Monday show? Oh, can you plug my headphones in? Sorry, it just oh, there you go. Uh, I was at the New Material Monday show uh, for the Nashville Fest, so it's like the biggest New Material show of the year. It's like packed out. I mean, the lineups like Nate Barkatsi, Dusty Slade, John Chris, like Burt Kreischer dropped in. Like it's a whole. And you're hosting. I, I yeah, I think I, w- I was hosting, or I was going like first or something. Uh, and then Nate's sister shows up with his 15 year old nephew, and then she's like, "Yeah, he's here for the open mic." And they're all like, what? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he's going to do this spot. And then eventually it just like, it works out to where this kid's doing three minutes on the biggest new material <laughs> Monday show of the year. Cause he's never got his nephew. Like, of course. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'm in the only young person in a room of like all these, you know, comedy legends. Uh, and so he kind of walks over to me and like, we start talking. I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? Just like trying to be friendly. Uh, and he's like, yeah, can I run my jokes by you? And he starts telling me his jokes. Uh, and I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> man can i give you some <laughs> some some tags for yeah. those or, so i like work with him to like rewrite all of his jokes like 15 minutes before he goes up oh wow uh, and then nate brings him up so obviously he has like a little bit of like a, this is my nephew be yeah. nice mm. like uh and then he ends up doing really well like the jokes go over well uh i'll pull up a photo but uh nate uh, he apparently told nate afterwards um actually if you just go to my go to my instagram uh, it's on there under like the photos that i posted from the nashville comedy festival um, but, uh, yeah, he like comes up to me after the show and he's like, Hey man, like great job. Thank you so much for writing those jokes. Like they were super funny. Like, and he's like, shook my hand. So there's a photo, uh, my friend got, it's like a film photo of his nephew and Nate, like looking at me, like I'm the coolest guy ever. <laughs> it's my favorite picture I've ever had taken of me. That is awesome. That's also kind of part of the reason why I, it's I, on my uh, Instagram, not on my Twitter. Sorry. I'm not a big Twitter guy, which is weird for being a comedian. I like your Twitter, uh, background photo. <laughs> Thank also. you. Yeah. Just like a big Mr. Wilson. Shout out to Sam. He took the same photo. Uh, he took the Nate Bargatze photo too. Oh, nice. He's a great dude who has taken a lot of very good shots of me. It's, it's pretty down there. Also, I feel like you're, uh, I, I feel like that the photo doesn't look like you for some reason. Every time I see it, I have to be like, who's this guy? Who's this explorer? I'm looking <laughs> at? Um, yeah, so it's, uh, so that's probably the best story. Um, fucking worst story. When you had to sleep in our basement. <laughs> <laughs> One time I came to these two black guys house and they were like couch or basement. <laughs> um, I don't have a ton of worse stories. I mean, I, Oh, huh. well, does it count as in comedy if it's T.I.? Sure. <laughs> so T.I. started... Wait, is your worst story from this weekend? <laughs> no, it's from when he started comedy in Atlanta. Uh, and he was on all of our shows. Uh, and so he... yeah. Oh, that's the video. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he, you know, was coming to these shows where everyone does seven doing like 45 of the worst stand-up I've ever heard like he has like a tight 10 and then he just really like ah the Ukraine situation's crazy like the Russian tanks are falling apart like what the fuck are you talking about dog you're T.I. Yeah. talk about being T.I. for 45 minutes uh, so he was like bombing consistently but I would always have to go right before or right after him uh, and he used to call me Marfan motherfucker which is like Jesus Christ. I, I took it as like a oh he remembered me at the time, but then in <laughs> hindsight I'm like man he just really just what what like <laughs> don't don't call me that. Uh, but then I was at this open mic uh, at, called R Bar, uh, and he starts yelling like he did 30 minutes on this already before this video started, uh, and he's like gets off stage. I forget what all happened to lead up to it, but he starts like yelling like bitch from the back of the room like at Lauren Knight who's an Atlanta comic who's like. Mm. Probably at the, at the top of my list of Atlanta comics I would not want to fuck with, oh, okay. uh, especially when they're holding a microphone. Yeah, uh, because he then like he calls her a bitch from the back of the room. She says like, "Hey, maybe shut the fuck up and focus on your uh, <laughs> human trafficking allegations." <laughs> so he gets <laughs> she starts like emoting at him like <laughs> while so he like steals the mic from her. He charges the front, rips it out of her fucking hand, and goes on this whole like midlife crisis-esque rant about like they ain't got shit on me <laughs> like and then she's up there just like fucking vibing on stage and then she takes it yes. back she's like you don't grab shit at my show like just <laughs> yeah, makes him look him. like a little fucking bitch let's go and then so it became such a thing that like he had to address it on social media afterwards yeah because it was like such a to-do uh and he's like man i don't like twitter i know i never <laughs> called her a bitch i never called her a bitch i'd give you a million dollars if i called you a bitch she posts a video three minutes later of a security camp footage of him calling her a bitch 
So like other rappers were clowning him yeah. in his DMs. Like give <laughs> give that million dollars. Where's that? Yeah. Payout? So he ended up just putting her on a couple theater shows. Me like I support the young Atlanta comedians. Like smart to no, get that's out of man. The, that's a, yeah. that's the but smart she's play. Like, she's just like clowning him the whole that's time. So and it's Ti who has <laughs> murdered people. You know. <laughs> like, she's well, like I'm sorry. What? <laughs> so so here here's the thing. And 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 I'm not even specifically addressing Ti here. But like I think the uh, difference between like I mean stand up comedians like we're mall clowns you know like like being going from gangster rap to comedian yeah like doesn't even make sense it fell hard it doesn't even make sense and yeah. like honestly like I'll, I'll say this in T.I.'s defense this is the best case scenario I feel like yeah. because he's, like well he's headlining clubs all over the country now and just bringing some <laughs> other better comedians along with him to write this his jokes so and smart. do most of his time so <laughs> do He's selling like the club price seating. He has like VIP boxes and like bottle service and shit at the comedy clubs. Wow. So he's making way more than any headliner ever. Uh, uh, well, you can have whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. This isn't the podcast where we shit on TI. All right. I'm enough of this. You were not. No, actually, it's, it's sad for me because the, the, the switch makes me not enjoy him as much right now because I hear all these bad stories. Maybe he has a come up story where he becomes the most funny comedian and we forget that he even rapped yeah. but like until now I was like oh man I really enjoyed his music mm. yeah can you drop a beat for me sauce boss I'd rather him have something else happen uh, Liam thank you so much for being on the show it's been a, a very fun weekend yeah and great time on the podcast where can people find you and follow you on social media uh, Instagram at Liam J Nelson Facebook Liam Nelson uh, that's pretty much it Twitter at Liam J Nelson don't really post much on there but uh, I post all my dates on my Instagram and my Facebook uh, find me I'm touring all over the country so I'll probably be in a city near you pretty soon here so and also if com- comics or people want a, a, a professional videographer yeah I shoot shows I perform on shows. If you let, if you give me a paid spot performing, I'll give you a deal on shooting your show. So hit me up. All right. Daddy's Jake. You can find me at Thad McKee on Instagram and Twitter. And then I'm doing a little GoFundMe for uh, Help T.I.'s career. Um, <laughs> it's just where we teach etiquette for rappers that want to turn to comedians. Uh, Dude, we could do that. Yeah. We, yeah, it'll be part of a whole series. It'll be a comeback series. We can put them on there and Kanye. Yeah, Kanye, T.I. Yeah. Rehabilitated. Uh, Rehabilitated. That's Flav the name Flav. of it. Uh, what did he do? Yeah. Hmm? He was Flava Flav. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. Um, why do we have Thad, or why do we have Zach's favorite uh, sl- slogan on the TV behind him? <laughs> That's crazy. That's, he's always saying that. He has it on a t-shirt. Zach Rome. What's that? What's the slogan? Oh, hoping some black bastard would come out of the pub. <laughs> <laughs> You can find me at hoping, <laughs> hoping for some black bastard <laughs> on all social media. Find him outside your nearest pub waiting for some black bastard to come out. It's a themed restaurant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> for black people without fathers. <laughs> Uh, I'm dying. I don't want to plug after that. You're talking about the sport. Yeah. I'm literally a black bastard. <laughs> Dyke is a black bastard in this situation. Come out of the pub, Dyke. I've been waiting for a long time. I hang out in a lot of pubs. <laughs> I'm at Dyke Michaels on all social media. Uh, Adult Summer Camp 2023. Tickets are on sale now. Eventbrite.com. And we'll see you next time. Be there.